All right, you're there? I hear noise. Okay, does that mean you can hear me then? Yeah, you're coming. All the levels are good this time. No feedback loop. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I had to restart my uh, my uh, Chromebook. I think there was something going on with it. So. Okay. All right. Well, uh, everybody listening, this is a this is the Bob and T show. All right, um, uh, YouTube. Uh, welcome to everybody. If you guys have any questions, put them in the chat, and we'll try to answer them uh, live here. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and leave that up so you guys can, uh, you know, uh, come in with your own ideas or whatever you guys want. So, all right. Remember, that's T. I'm Bob. And uh, let's go. I mean, I, I've had so many people um, talk to me to, in the past uh, week or so because I haven't put out a, a podcast on, like, the machine that uh, Bob is. He can just pull out... Uh, dozens of uh episodes a week without uh breaking a sweat that's and, because i'm not uh, at work 40 hours a week and another <laughs> what eight to, to 16 hours a week on a city bus with a bloody hobo with a with a red eye and a swollen leg i mean right I, I don't know how many times i'm going every day i'm on the bus and uh there's a stop uh, that i have to take and that transfer i I'm always like, there's like a 50% chance that a schizophrenic is going to attack me at this bus stop every, every day. I mean, that's part of riding the bus. That's part of the, uh, the thrill of the ride. Let's call it. Exactly. Um, I don't recommend the city bus to anyone. If you can avoid it, um, do so. I'm, I, I can tell everyone if you're on the bus, you've got more problems than you need. So don't get into more problems because if you're going to get stabbed, robbed, taken advantage of someone touching you inappropriately, it's all going to happen on the bus or the light rail. Stay off of it unless you absolutely have to. If you're that broke, I suggest jogging to wherever you go. <laughs> <It's not okay. laughs> I, I believe you did that yesterday. I was, uh, I was trying I to help eight, you out. Right. I had eight bottles of, uh, Powerade in uh, in my backpack, and I, you were hoping I was going to run to, run home and yeah, uh, keep yourself hydrated with all that Gatorade. Right. I mean, it's only 117 degrees. I mean, you should have taken it in stride. It really should have. But instead, you took your life into your own hands. Sounds like a, a a time for some crack cocaine, the drug of the poor. Remember that, people. Well, we we got to be careful with talking about anything like that uh, with. With the YouTube strike machine waiting to take down your your it, video channel. Uh, yeah, but this is a, a this is a public service announcement. Right. <laughs> the only way you can manage to get through public transportation is if you're high on crack. Yeah. So get high, then get on the city bus, then everything will be yeah. all rosy. You won't be able to <laughs> smell it. You won't be able to see the people around you. And when someone's uh, taking your wallet, you'll thank them for it for making right. you lighter. Yeah, of course not. There's nothing in it. <laughs> if you're oh. on the city bus, there's nothing in it to rob. It's like going to the hood and robbing other people in the hood. They don't have anything. Why do you think they live in the hood? Right. Not a good idea to rob. Now, go to the rich people neighborhood. They got stuff. Right. But they also have security, so mm. it's a double-edged sword. It is. 
All right. So let me ask you, Mr. T, did you get a chance sure. to listen to uh, my podcast that I made last night or uh, has that just not been uh, possible thus far? Uh, the Lonely Man um, podcast? Yes. yes. I yeah. did. Yeah. You, you take a different track on The Lonely Man than I do because um, I, I do think that's a it's a coming trend. But uh, yeah, I was able to listen to that. I made breakfast. I made a lonely man's breakfast while I was listening to your lonely man podcast. Well, I, what inspired the lonely man podcast was the fact that you keep mentioning Japan's problem with loneliness and you mentioned robots. And so I thought, well, you know, the robots usually lead to a, a, a beautiful trip into a place in Japan that they call the forest. And uh, they, they try to keep that out of the media as far as they can. But still, you have a population of people that would rather go to the forest rather than enduring the lonely life, which is our modern society. Yeah. Um, I mean, loneliness. There, there are, uh, I think, Great Britain started a loneliness, um, a loneliness czar, somebody to tackle all the problems that loneliness causes and Denmark and I think a couple of other and I think now Japan did it as well because they're having such a, a bad problem. I mean, they had they have those the, the crazy people, I guess, is what you might want to call them. The people that like are basically staying at home 24 seven. They never leave. They never even leave their um, rooms like their parents have to like shovel um, frozen dinners underneath their their uh, doors. You know, they, they don't want to talk to anyone or deal with anyone. And that seems kind of like a, just kind of like a Japan thing only. Well, it seems like you're in solitary at that point where you've just decided that you've given up on all aspects of, of actual life, where you disconnected from the world. And now you're just waiting for that next hot meal to come underneath the door to keep you alive for one more lousy day. Well, what we're doing is we're destroying patriarchy slowly um and that's the thing i think most people were for and but we're not replacing it with anything um yet nothing certainly has come you know we're living in a post-patriarchal society we're not living in the industrial age you know uh, or whatever comes next you know whatever is going to be coming next. i think it's just going to be um sex robots from japan and i i can't wait for that but when you destroy all of the when you destroy the patriarchy or you begin to all of the traditional values that go with things like that like people put tremendous tremendous pressure on young people to get married and have children they used to you know oh, they still do question. it's one of the yeah. links that i see on yeah. bumble when women uh, are finally lower themselves to going onto a dating site for women to, one of the they, things that i see most is like my parents keep bothering me about when i'm gonna have children and I'm like, well, that's, that's a good reason to come on here, you know, and and go to the bottom of the barrel. Where, again, who the concept of a dating site for women, it just it just boggles the mind in a sense. That they that they would need a uh, an app. That someone that worked at Tinder saw that the women needed their own dating site, but at the same time, it's not a dating site for women for women. It's for women looking for desperate men. Mm -hmm. So I think 
notifications. Hopefully nobody can you hear those notifications as they yes, come I, through? Yeah, I can hear them. Yeah. Let's see if I can uh, I don't know how to turn those off. So. Yeah, I actually I was gonna turn off my uh my iPad while we were doing this because the notification notifications from uh Instagram will pop up over there. I, I turned it off over here, but since I have it on so many apps, I actually had to remove it from all of the other ones this morning because I hated it was like it would go off over here on this side and it just play around my room. And I'm like, I don't need that, especially if I'm talking to two people simultaneously on one app. Like uh, I started talking to Stacy this morning at eight and we've been messaging back and forth. Um, but then you started messaging me around 1130. And so now I was getting double notifications. So anyhow, that's beside the point. That's just a background noise. Right. So, so what we're we that's it. Uh, let's see. Well, we're still talking about lonely folks. See, I take a different yeah. track in that, um, like you take yours from the sort of like the misunderstood genius that, um, you know, people don't want to necessarily get involved with and that sort of thing. And, and for, you know, people like you, for instance, I think you were sort of modeling it uh, a little bit on yourself. And I, that's true that there are people out there that, um, you know, they they enjoy things that the average person doesn't enjoy or they want to talk about things that are a little deeper that the average well, American doesn't want to talk about. But okay, let me stop. That's not there. like a big that's not like a big problem. No, I'm talking about like your ordinary people. We're going to use Josh. Uh, no last names, of course. But you're talking yeah. about a person that, that's functioning at this level that is also having the exact same problem. But with their IQ being closer to 85 the loneliness is further uh, deepened by the fact that they just don't have anything to grasp at. They're not readers. They're not watching television. They're literally sitting at home with their parents, having the same conversations for years. Or playing video games, usually. Well, I've met a lot of those Call of Duty players that no matter how many years they played, they don't get any better. Right, right. I, I, I know a couple of those myself. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to mention any names again. But then again, and that's the kind of the, the person that I clash myself against. And, and I believe I put it into the notes is that there are days where I wake up where I would much rather be dumb and happy than smart and lonely. And, and that's something that many people don't understand is that when you're burdened with certain things that you don't want, I mean, a lot of these people like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, you know, inside of their own coconuts, they, they're they insane. And just because they're insane and they make a lot of money, that means that they're just one sort of crazy person in our society. For every Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos that we have in the world, there are probably billions of other people who just never had that aptitude for life that are just sitting at home with mental problems, unable to get past their loneliness. Right. I do think that... Uh what we're seeing with loneliness in America now though, is it's, it's a much bigger problem because you're seeing tons of men never getting married. You know, you see lots of uh, it, how long it takes for them to lose their virginity has increased by years. Uh, how many of them, I think it was 50% of all people under the age of 35 were currently not in a relationship. Yeah. People aren't getting it. So, I mean, this has become a very, like the, what you were describing is sort of like, it used to be like a niche thing with maybe autistic people or bright people. 
who didn't fit in maybe, but now the whole thing has become, you know, no, no one gets married. More um, mainstream. No one has normal, yeah, no one has normal relationships. They just have these Tinder or Bumble dates where they hook up and they never talk to each other again or they ghost each other. And if you talk to any person under the age of 40, every single one of them is suffering from anxiety. And I don't know if that's a, a social contagion or if it's real. Uh, you know, my, my initial thought was none of this is real. You guys are just hearing stuff on TV. You're seeing it on TikTok or whatever. And now everybody's anxious. And what you really have is just the normal level of anxiety that you had to have if you're approaching a person that you don't know. If you're a man asking a woman out, it's going to be a little nerve wracking because they can reject you and you're just experiencing a normal human emotion. Calm down. No, but I think you're wrong in that sense is that we've had a lot of problems with mental uh, disorders in our society for a very long time. But I believe that the pandemic has really just amped up the voltage when it comes to how sensitive we are about things like rejection and how uh, we are more likely to not even bother to approach another person. And, and I'm telling you this from personal experience. The last three or four times that I've tried to approach a stranger it, you know, at my local gym, it's just been flat out, don't talk to me. And you get to a point in, where you've had so many negative experiences that your anxiety is just off the chart because you want companionship, you want to be able to be with people but at the same time society in and of itself is working against you and it's not just for people like me anymore that is the normal way that things work and now everyone's like well i can't meet anyone and i'm anxious and i'm depressed but at the same time anyone tries to talk to you you're just going to assume that they're crazy because they're trying to talk to you it's a classic <laughs> right. catch 22 position you want to talk? Why, to why would anyone want to talk to me? Why are you trying to talk to me? Very strange. Yes, exactly. It's uh, I feel that way when people when, when random women at the gym smile at me, like giving me like, hey, you know what? You're OK. I'm OK. That's why I'm smiling at you. But you try to talk to that same person. They'll call the cops on you. Right. I assume whenever a woman smiles at me that she's planning our marriage and uh, naming our children as well. I think uh, that, that she's it's, uh, it's going when right a woman there. smiles at me, she's actually uh, touching her pepper spray or her taser. <laughs> that Come is on. probably much more realistic. Come on, Mofa. Remember that that woman at your workplace where I took her basket? I could feel the pepper spray starting to, to warm up. Like yeah, don't, her, take, don't take the baskets. Yeah. So again, it's you're trying to do something that would be perfectly normal in an ordinary society, but we no longer live in an ordinary world. Things, well, I think things, you're right there. How so? I, I think, like I said before, I used to say this was a social contagion and that everyone's just, we just, all these kids that grew up were just wimps. You know, they, they didn't have to play outside and they had to wear baseball or uh, bike helmets and things like that. But I think we've become a weird, strange new society that um, is just going to be filled with single individuals. Everyone's going to live on their own in their own small one-bedroom apartment. No oh, good and, lord, it's uh, my life. Right. I mean, it basically, we're all going to become you. Where you know, no point to no one goes on dates anymore. No one be in a relationship, and uh, because we can all get almost everything we need. Digital. 
I think that Jeff Bezos really needs to invest in cans of love that he could send you through Amazon Prime. So every day you get this little canister full of love and it fills your heart, even if it's just for 10 to 15 seconds, with a sense of feeling loved rather than the, the giant void of loneliness that sits inside right. of you. I think that's coming, actually. I'm sure that there's, there's somebody out there developing it. And as long as my my robot um, can, like, spray it on me right as I turn it on, then, you know, that's probably all I'll need. I mean, but I think we all want robots now. Like, we don't want... Nobody wants a normal human being anymore. And that's, well, no, that's well, another I mean, element because we all I have mean, these ridiculous expectations of people. Well, you know, that article I sent you this week about uh, their, uh, them rebranding a classic American uh, company. The, the Victoria's Secret Angels have been around for dozens, if not tens of years. I mean, I, don't, I, can't, I can't imagine the world without Victoria's Secret Angels in it. And all of a sudden, they're not cool no, anymore. Yeah. Can you imagine a world without cleavage? Because I can't. I mean, I'm looking at my cleavage right now. So, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I mean, I have a, an outlandish theory on why they're trying to get rid of cleavage, but. Go ahead. Um, spill the beans. Well, it's the whole reason. Part of it, mostly it has to do with just lowering the population. And we're, we're trying to get uh, Jeff Bezos and the, and the rest of the ruling class. They don't want uh, seven and eight, 10 billion people running around on this planet. They need, you know, maybe a few hundred million and so they're just slowly trying to get everybody to stop thinking about sex, and that's what um, or reproduction, and that's how you do it. You get it. You get it away from uh, the cleavage. I mean, if you look at all of this dystopian books, you think of movies where it's just been demonized, where sex is now not part of the everyday life, where people are just being created in test tubes. So you have a pure society. You have just people that you can use. You're literally building or engineering a society where you have uh, a system like in Brave New World, where you have betas, you have alphas, you have gammas, you have the epsilons. All of those people need to be happy in the roles that you put them in, or you're just going to have what we have now. Miserable, billions of miserable people wondering why 40 hours a week doesn't get them a mansion. Right. Well, as, as the uh, economy loses and sheds all of its decent blue-collar jobs, you're just going to have tens of millions of people stuck doing, you know, one of two things. You're either going to find your way into the government assistance programs, or you're going to survive barely on the edge as a person, as a working poor in a service job. That, that offers, you know, that's intentionally put there to keep you from advancing or having a nice life. Or any sort of life. I mean, as a person that's been there myself my entire life, working three weeks out of the month just to be able to afford a hole-in-the-wall apartment in a bad part of town, this isn't being alive for me. You know, every day, it's the same thing. Most weeks, I don't even know what day it is. I just wake up and it's like, okay, well, let me see if I can find some moldy bread and, and, and some tap water. And, and then I just keep carrying on. I, some of the darkest times in my entire life 
were when I worked at the corporation. And I literally woke up at five o'clock in the morning. I took a two and a half hour bus ride to work. I get to work sometimes, most of the time, I couldn't get to work on time because of the crappy bus system and how terrible it runs. I do my eight hours and then I'd get on another two and a half hour bus ride home. And as soon as I got home, I had to get ready for bed. And by the time I realized that I was asleep, I was up and I was back on the bus. And this went on for several years. And I couldn't imagine a darker time in my life because I never got to see the sun at that point. Well, they don't want you to see the sun. No, no, the sun causes because, happiness. Because happiness is just a, uh, what, what, what was it that Putin said? Uh, happiness is just a uh, an illusion, mirage, yeah, an illusion on the uh, in the sunset that's going to be going down any second. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt, and it took the 2008 recession before I I can tell you exactly when I was able to open my eyes again and feel human. I was down on Mill Avenue, and this was when the coffee plantation was still there. And I was wow. sitting in the coffee plantation reading a book, and it's like, what just happened to me? You know, what, what was the last few years of just waking up every morning at 5 o'clock in the morning, going to a job I hated, and getting home at 7 or 8 o'clock at night after being on a bus ride full of, you know, decay, poverty, and unemployment. And it, you just, it was so demoralizing, you know, that bus ride, because... I wasn't with other people. I wasn't with other white collar people going to my job. I was with the, the lowest of the low in our society. And it, it became painfully clear that even though I was going to my white collar job, everyone else that was on there with me was going to their restaurant job or their retail job. Is, is the illusion of the American dream now dead? Like people, it, It's people the American to- nightmare is what it is. Yeah, do you think people have kind of woken up to that that they they don't see any hope if if they're in that bottom fifty percent, they just go there is no point to me even pretending I'm not going to get a house I'm not gonna I'm not going to get a raise at my job I'm just going to barely make it. I think that's really where loneliness stems from is you have millions of millennials that uh, I think I was just reading an article on CNN uh, this morning where most people right now instead of having a building wealth. Everyone's in the negative. Mm-hmm. And, and I can assure you uh, that with my over $100,000 of student loan debt right now, I'm in the negative. And there is no hope for me to go into the positive. Those loans are going to hurt me for the rest of my life. And unfortunately, I can't give the money back because I never had the money in the first place. I think that's I think that's part. I think the fact that... Uh... The fact that there aren't any decent jobs anymore for the average person, I think it leaves them rudderless in some ways because in our society, we're taught that, you know, your job is everything for you. It, it, it provides, it's your it identity. Your, yeah, it provides your identity. It provides a rudder in social status. And this is why Joe Biden was so popular going into this election because all he said was jobs, good jobs, jobs. That's that's his whole campaign. He didn't mm-hmm. have to leave his basement in order to win the presidency. All he had to do is keep saying the thing that we all really wanted, good jobs. And then the pandemic hits, and then it pulls 
you know, up the, uh, the, the, the sheets of what the lower part of the American society really is. And it's just bones. That's right. all that, that we see now. And after uh, you have uh, so many people sitting at home wondering, you know, what am I going to do when the government stops helping me and I have to go back? And people are so resistant to going back because there are a lot of people. The reason why you have such a large fluctuation in the jobless rate right now in America is that people are trying to go back to work, realizing, uh-uh, I don't want any part of this. And then they're going back to being unemployed. Right. Well, there's a strong anti-work sentiment building in the country. It's not anti-work. It's anti-low wages. If the well, wages were good, people would go back to work. But now they've been making double what they were making while still sitting at home. Right. Uh, the reason they're not getting jobs now is because of low wages and the, the terribleness of the jobs. But uh, if you talk to, I think, a lot of young people, if I looking on the Internet, I just see um, an anti-work sentiment building. And I think you're wrong. Anti-work sentiment is... Fine. It's not anti-work. It's anti-wages. We want jobs that well, give us uh, the ability to, to buy things. If you take but they a also job don't right even now, want to work 40 hours a week. No, they, they don't. People They're don't 40. want to work. People don't want... like Nothing has inherently changed other than the pandemic systemically in this country. So some of the ideas that people want, like I want a decent job with decent wages that provides meaning and all this other kind of stuff. None of those jobs are real. None of those jobs are available. Yeah. So that's a want, utopian want, kind of fantasy. Yeah. And we want a shorter work week. Right. You know, we you want, want a four day work week. I mean, because the whole idea of having a five day work week, that's created by wealthy people that don't understand how devastating it is to the psychology of people that do nothing but go to work. And for them, you know, this is probably something Bezos thinks about all the time. It's like, well, my industrial athletes, they suck, they're lazy, and they don't want to come to work. And what are you supposed to do with that? You create a system with 150% turnover rate because the bots won't do what you tell them to do. Right. Well, uh, that's because people like him don't, they don't understand what work is like for his industrial athletes. You know, if, if I was Jeff Bezos, I couldn't. I would wake up every day raring to go to work. Like I'm a, you know, I'm worth a trillion dollars and, you know, whatever I say, people jump to it and I can affect the world in ways that, you know, I can only imagine and dream of. So yeah, waking up every day and spending 18 hours at that job sounds like, you know, a lot of fun. Okay. But if you're so going, I'm but if you're doing the kind of normal job that, you know, the average American does, or, you know, somebody's got to clean the toilets, and um, cleaning toilets isn't fun. I know. I watched my parents do it for my entire adult, or my entire childhood and into part of my adulthood. But, but right before we came on here, I was actually talking to, to Stacy about this exact same subject, is that when the lower class employees working at whether it's a Kroger's, a Walmart, or at a Bezos warehouse slash sweatshop, mm -hmm. When the workers don't show up and work starts falling behind, a guy like Jeff Bezos isn't going to roll up his sleeves and get onto the assembly line at his own warehouse to help people no. out. No, he's not. That's just not the kind of guy he is. But if those employees slow down even 1%, they're done. Right. Well, 
people are also, uh, I mean, part of the anti-work sentiment to me isn't merely, it's not, it's not, I'm not calling people lazy. So let me, let me, you know, if people are. Jeff Bezos that, is. Jeff Bezos calls people lazy. <laughs> I'm not calling people lazy. I think what it is, is it's, it's uniquely American in the way like Americans don't have what you call class consciousness. They don't have the traditional um, labor. You know, people don't think of the laborer or worker as even providing value to the company. They don't, they don't think that create that workers create wealth. It's the, it's the job creator. It's the rich man that does all that. So just the idea that they're going, that they're coming to understand that my labor produces a great deal of wealth for these rich people. That's one of the reasons they don't want to do the 40 hour work week. They don't want to kill themselves going to work every day. It's because they recognize I'm not being paid back in any way. It used to be, you know, productivity gains, my wages were correlated very strongly. And now of course we, we all see correlation. Where they kept telling you that hard work led to riches, right, pay off, right? Yeah. Well, now yeah. we know. We know. Now we know. It was always a lie, but we always knew if you worked hard in America, and really this only applies to maybe between the forties and seventies, and probably only if you were um, from a middle class family and white, um, you you could you could be born and then you get a job, work hard, and then you would work your way up, and you would be able to afford most of the stuff that you're going to need or even all of the stuff, but you know, school for your kids and all that kind of thing. Nowadays, that promise has been, you know, shredded, you know, that, that none of that is going to occur. It's, it wasn't even a promise. It was an illusion to get people to participate right. in the system. It's as I've said before, but I mean, it's people weaponized um, capitalism where well, you give I mean, people the idea. It's the same reason why people buy lottery tickets. It's like, you know, as long as I keep participating in the economy, eventually I'm going to get mine. But then 10, 20 years pass, and I'm like, wait a minute. I keep participating in capitalism, but the only thing that's happening is I'm getting used. Well, I think there was probably real improvement in living standards between – Maybe say, in the 1950s. Yeah, between well, like I said, between between 1950 and maybe the end of 1970 um, – you know, you had the glory years where everybody's uh, the 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 rising tide lifted everyone's boat. But um, I think you're wrong there. Uh, everyone's. Well, I mean, you know, there used to be everyone lived had an outhouse outside, and now everyone's got running water and toilets. Everyone has a color television in their house. What did 1950s America really big? What did what big really happen during that time? This is the classic time of white flight. Is where the communities that that America had been creating from, like the after the uh, the Civil War about 1865 to 1950, and all of a sudden you have an influx of people that you don't want in your society, but are the backbone of labor in your society. And you're talking about the plague of poverty, and so when you're building wealth as a middle class white person, and it keeps encroaching on you. You're going to abandon that and go somewhere else and, and reset things. And that's why we have all of these suburbs and all 50 states right now where you have gated communities and safe places for our wealthy people to live. I'm willing to bet that the top 5% of Americans right now all live in the suburbs and in gated communities while they've left everyone else behind in all of the garbage places in the country. And now they're wondering, it's like, you know, 
Why is this happening? Why are the poor so unhappy? Look where you left them. You took your money. You went to go hide. And then uh, 60 years later, you, you, you look back and it's like, why isn't Detroit rebuilding itself? Why isn't, you know, why is the Rust Belt still the Rust Belt? Why is the South full of poor people? The poor states in our entire country and by wages, and I did a video on this a couple of days ago, Louisiana, where the annual wages for a person in the bottom 20% is $10,000. Well, I mean, I certainly see that happening now. You're, you, saw, you saw white flight. You see, you're seeing now even more intense siloing of wealth. Uh, I think over the next 10 or 20 years, um, there's going to be an even greater concentration of wealth. I mean, everyone, you know, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Almost everyone believes that who knows okay. anything. Okay. And yeah, you're going to see, looks- you're going to see the bottom fall out. Um, and things are just going to get much, much worse for the average worker. I think. Absolutely. Things because we change. live in a society that was created by the wealthy people to ensure their longevity in their wealth. And they did this by creating taxes on income and not wealth. So that means that the rich can continue using their wealth to produce more money and they don't get taxed on it. In fact, they just throw the middle finger at everyone else that is paying tax because the rest of us low-level people, our only way of gaining funds in our life are income. And therefore the income tax comes over to rob us because we have no real wealth. Well, the income tax is gonna rob you, but. They're going to take away all your jobs too. They're, you know, they're shipping them out to overseas, or they're, you know, they're, they're bringing going to bring in immigrants, robots, or they're going yep. to bring in immigrants. Um, I mean, you've got tens of millions of people just south of the border that are more than happy to come and work in all of these jobs that Americans don't want to do, and we know for a fact that it happens because we have seen it. You know, we were talking about this earlier, where if you walk into the jack in a box across the way from your current job, we know who's there. Immigrants. We walk into the meatpacking industries anywhere in the country. It doesn't matter whether they're close to the border or they're in Montana. If you have a meatpacking industry, it's going to be full of immigrants, restaurants, immigrants, warehouse work, immigrants. So they're kind of just pushing out the American worker into oblivion. Do you think that's going to continue? Do you think the um, the Republican base will continue to allow? Because it's going to require, because you already have a lot of immigrants and a lot of uh, uh, immigrant workers that are legal as well that come through. Yes, but and like what it happened would require, in Alabama. Like you said, um, it's going to require 10 or 20 million new immigrants to fill all these jobs. Remember what Plus happened when Alabama uh, instituted uh, really strict immigration laws on uh, their farm work and, and their meatpacking industries is that they literally let them completely fall apart. They tried to get people from uh, local prisons to come in and work in chain gangs on uh, these farms. But as the prisoners would say, what incentive do I have to work hard <laughs> on a farm? None. Well, that's just, I mean, that's just slave labor. What do you think migrant work is? You think the, those are those people are coming here with the with yeah. the, an I mean, overabundance of education? Right. No, it's basic. But you're also talking now, adding to whatever we have by at least ten, maybe twenty million more people, and that would be that would be um, a fundamental 
change. You know, that gets to a level where are Republicans going to really want to see um, every worker that they have to, to deal with every time they go to a, a grocery store, every time they go anywhere, they're going to have to deal with an immigrant if, if, you know, no, if Americans aren't going to come back to those jobs. They've been doing we'll, it with the, the house cleaning industry, with the um, landscaping industry, with the restaurant industry for since this country has been founded, there are certain people that are always going to work in jobs that require no education and not speaking the language. And there's plenty of work for them. And now that there's 9 million job openings as of right now in this country for people that won't go back to work, the doors open. And we know the one thing that Republicans love the most is the ability to change the system so that they can gain from it. So if you have all of these immigrants that are coming in, and again, they're not Americans, so they're not subjected to American laws, you're going to talk about dropping the hourly wage of pay for the immigrants. I you know, I can definitely see that happening. Absolutely. not. If you're not American, you're going to be taken advantage of. You're going to be abused and used. And Republicans love saving money. Why did that uh, Joe Manchin guy, the uh, uh, the senator from West Virginia, not vote to increase the minimum wage to $15 an hour? Because it would directly affect his own businesses. <laughs> it's yeah. really what it comes down to. You know, the, the, the party of business is the Republican Party. And when business is, uh, is, is starting to lose money, they got to look around and see, you know what? We've been exploiting people for 400 years. We're good at exploiting people. And if the American people won't let us exploit them, we're just going to go south of the border. So you're just seeing a, so then you've got 20 million Americans who aren't going to go back to their jobs. Yep. And so they're not going to, they're going to cut off. It all depends, I think, on the next couple of months and uh, the next election. Um, will the Republicans be able to um, subvert democracy even further than they already do? And They've already uh, been doing it. How many states have now right. passed anti-voting laws in all the GOP states? Right. And, and that's what I'm wondering. It, it, we get all those laws. We reverse any uh, election that we don't like. And so we start repealing things like uh, well, maybe we don't need a minimum wage for immigrant workers that come in that are filling all these 20 million jobs that Americans won't do because, hey, they won't do them anyway. So let's just go ahead and bring in immigrants. and let, Yeah, absolutely. You just bring them away. in at, on, uh, what is it, H2 visas, the seasonal visas. You bring in them mm -hmm. in when you need them. And when business isn't good, you just send them back to where they came from. America's and then the American worker is going to be seeing their... Uh, you know, because right now we're living the high life with American uh, wages. They're going up for the first time in, you know, 50 years. Yes, but who's but, participating in that labor? Teenagers at, a I believe, a 28% participation rate right now in the labor. I have 35-year-old uh, men right now going into the same jobs that the teenagers are taking. As I've uh, told you before, I mean, I have a professor friend who has a husband that's 60 years old needs a job in the restaurant industry, but he needs two things, good hourly pay and benefits because he's got a mortgage and five kids. And that's what these jobs don't take into consideration. They're just assuming that everyone that's gonna come in to take these jobs isn't going to want anything from these jobs when the reality is uh, the vast majority of people making 
the minimum wage right now are over 35. Right. Well, what happened was, you know, the decline of industrialism. Once, once there weren't any manufacturing jobs, a lot of the jobs that are around now, service jobs that kind of sprung up, um, maybe rightfully so people could say, well, look, we were never interested in making this a career here. These are just, these are jobs for your kids and all that sort of thing. And you don't have to worry because you can go get your own manufacturing job at the plant, but the plant is shut down. So now everyone's got to go work at Sears. Everyone's got to work at uh, Kmart. Everyone I say those I, two because I, those two jobs that <laughs> I talked to those jobs even live at, at the university when I was a student worker and I would complain that I couldn't live off my student worker wages and they would say that exact phrase to me. This isn't that kind of job. This is a job that's part time. That's minimum wage. That's designed for someone that just needs a little spending money. This isn't a job with benefits. It's not going to provide you enough money for a house, a car or anything of that uh, to that extent. And that's why I've spent my entire life without a house, without a car, and without a savings account. Right, because you know you weren't supposed to be going to college unless you were middle class. Absolutely. And, and your parents could afford to, to pay for your classes and your 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 room and all that. And you worked just so you could have some beer money for fun. Yeah, absolutely. But the problem is, is that's all the jobs that are left. And now Americans are turning around and they're pointing fingers at people and each other. And businesses putting them at us, and they're you know, but none of these jobs are really designed to keep society functioning. The reason for that is that these uh, these corporations and these institutes of education are expecting for middle class students to come into the universities, buy their overpriced education, and then move straight home while they're making those student loan payments. So there's no overhead on the student. They can purely pay back into the student loan system. That's what we need you kids to be doing. If I could move back home in a heartbeat, I would be that. <laughs> I'd move right into my parents' basement and I'd be like, you know what? All I need to do is make $300 a month to give the Department of Education their money back. Everything else is covered for me. I have no rent. I have no food. I have no utilities. Just need that money to pay back the Department of Education who allowed me to have the college experience that all of these kids are complaining about not being able to have because of the pandemic. I think that's a good idea for you. I think you should definitely do that. I mean, let's just go ahead and solidify your incel uh, bona fides. You're now living at home in the basement with your computer. disgusted by women <laughs> the second so there's, really... there's two factors right the first factor is um you're a loser that sits at home on a computer in the in your mother's basement because you can't find a real job yeah and so you you you're disgusted by yourself and you uh, resent the woman who uh still has her view from the 1950s that well the man is supposed to make more money than me he's supposed to take care of me He's supposed to, you know, even though I'm going to, you know, even though my IQ is 101 compared to your IQ of 100. And I don't know if you, I I showed you that uh, article where uh, women have surpassed men on the IQ scale for the first time. And I I told you that that's been 
uh, correct for hundreds of years, even thousands of years. Women have always known that it's safer to send their Neanderthals out to do the, <laughs> the dangerous work rather than putting their lily white insects into a, a situation where they're battling a willy rhino for a state today. I mean, the same thing goes on now. I mean, um, who who's going to die on a job? It's, you know, men outnumber women on job deaths like i don't know it's like 20 to 1 or something how many women do you see on a crab boat out there in the north alaskan sea or or digging a ditch for uh, the sidewalk or for your uh, roads or how many 49ers were women right. <laughs> look at the job of men the whole, <laughs> the whole issue is this country has become i, I don't want to say that but the whole country has become feminized in that way that men dresses. Men, well, I mean, yeah, men wear dresses. That's fine. If he still wants to dig a ditch, then you know, then that's fine. But we all want soft jobs now. You know, oh, nobody wants. Nobody wants to be out. It's 118 degrees. Nobody wants to be out there, um, you know, working on roads. And uh, that's why I these... laughed at, at Joe Biden's idea of, of all of this uh, infrastructure. Trillion dollars of yeah. infrastructure. You can yeah. create a, a bill for jobs for immigrants. How does that help right. the American worker? No American <laughs> wants to go out there and do any of these tough jobs anymore. Um, the few that do, um, let's face it, ladies, they are men. The, only men do those kinds of jobs. A man's man is out there at 118 degrees outside to feed his family of four and and live mm -hmm. in a nice home but the rest of us are like you know what take this job and shove it i'm i'm just gonna work my job at sears i'm not gonna have a wife or kids and um you know we'll just go visit the hub every evening and uh, that's that's sort of the way our society i think is leaning towards and that's i think cool. like all y'all have basically are places in like San Francisco and New York and Washington where the rich survive. And what's ironic, and Charles Murray points this out, uh, the, the, and I should just add the racist Charles Murray. Um, <laughs> Aren't they all racist? If you look at 19th century literature, you're like, hmm, they seem well, to have a thing against the guy anyone of color. <laughs> this this is the bell curve guy. So he, he, he wrote a book um, about IQ about 30, 40 years ago. 20 years ago, something like that. And, uh, well, he also writes that uh, in another book that uh, the, the rich act actually act much more conservative than the uh, rest of society, especially the liberals that you would have thought, even though these are left-wing liberals. The way that conservatives have their values set up and their values directly reflect 1950s America. Right. And so, like, you have all these rich people who stay married. They don't they don't have children out of wedlock and all the sort of, that we sort know of stuff. Of. So they have, well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Look, remember the Clinton dude. scandal? I did not have sex with that woman. <laughs> I'm sure Clinton has seven or eight children outside of, outside of the uh, ones that we know of. I don't know how many he has. The wealthy people in this country and all over the world have their special playgrounds that they go to and i'm not going to go into that because it probably get me into trouble but we know that they like to play and it's not just with their wife at home well, why would you want to do just with your wife at home i mean, I mean even on. the biggest nerd in the world a guy that we knew was walking the straight and narrow line uh mr bill gates comes out to 
that he's a pervert too. Oh, shocking. Uh, well, oh, he's yeah. a man. The thing that came out, what, two weeks ago where, oh, Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bezos didn't pay any taxes. Guess what? We all knew that already. Uh, Donald Trump didn't pay any taxes. You know what? Rich people get rich because they know how to work the system. Us right. stupid people at the bottom, we're just the, the deer in the headlights. You know, the tax well, man. It's not, just that they, it's not just that they know how to work it. They've designed the system up front to only benefit themselves and other rich How people. many founding fathers of America had any pigment in their skin? I'm pretty sure um, none. <laughs> <laughs> Who invented the police after, uh, you know, <laughs> after you freed the slaves? Hmm. It seems like the, the police have a tendency, a certain bias to certain people on our society. I wonder how this could have happened. So when you have a system that's innately rigged to go after your most vulnerable people, and then you wonder why your system looks like this, it's... It's by design, and it always has been. And that's why people in the GOP claim that there's no racism in America. It's not racism. It's just the system. <laughs> the system seems to be working pretty well. Just ask those people in Flint. Right. It works well for, you know, Jeff Bezos, and it works well for a few people. But the vast majority of Americans have cut on that... Uh, the system no longer represents them, helps them, or wants them. That's the big one right there. Wants them. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're we're pretty most of us have become fairly useless. And that's what like that that's the whole thing. Like they say it out loud now. The Republicans used to just think that, but they didn't and and the rich and, and everybody else like that. It's not just a uh Republican thing. But uh they used to not you know, the the takers versus the givers, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Like that, that's because they think most of us are useless. Even if you're, even if you're doing your little, you know, service job, showing up and and not collecting any food stamps, well, you're still basically useless to us. You know, we'd love to get rid of you any as soon as we can. No, no, we don't want to get rid of you. We still need your labor. We just want to lower your wages. Well, we want to we want to give you ten hours a week at half the wages that we normally give, and if we can get rid of you and just do everything with robots or uh, immigrant labor or whatever it is we can do to you know not pay wages, then that would be great. And then at the end of the day, once we do all of these bad things to you, and and you're living in a homeless encampment. We can still blame you because you didn't work hard enough because you didn't want it right. bad enough. And if you dare to take a knee on the on the stand or on, I mean on the field, um, we're gonna run you over with some bulldozers because Yeah, that's anti American. Yeah. Right. Don't be anti American. You you gotta stand for capitalism regardless of whether you're fighting in Vietnam, you're fighting in Korea, you're fighting against the Nazis, you're in the Middle East fighting, wherever you're at, you're there because of capitalism. You got to respect capitalism or else you become an enemy of capitalism. Don't be a moocher. If there's anything and, that I learned from working at Walmart and hearing, like my, uh, hearing my, my, uh, my manager, my shift manager tell me every day, he'd look at me just nearly, I'd say at the beginning of every shift and, and say to me, stop being poor. We hate poor <laughs> people. 
And that's my manager who knows that I'm getting 20 hours of minimum wage work. Stop being poor. It's not good for us. It makes it look bad that we don't pay you enough. And you look, you look like the way you do. Look at all of the, the people that you work with. Look at you, you're not going to see one happy face. In fact, when I talk to the employees there, when they're laughing and they're having a good time, the customers look at you like, what's wrong with that one? Right. Again, yeah, that's when said, the manager comes to look at you. If if you're, wait, you seem to be genuinely happy for a second. What's going on? Yeah. I know you're not working. Then, that's it, what it, it is. It, yeah. If you're happy, I know you're not working. What are you doing? Yeah, obviously, if you're not miserable, then they got to come over and kick you in the, uh, in the ass and, and and reboot you so you're miserable so you work harder. Right. I mean, we we may have a manager that looks at me every once in a while if you're, if you come over to uh, share a story at work. Um, and he'll, if I start laughing at something, oh, he's got a, hey, what's going on there? What was that girl that, that she's kind of looked like Nadia? She's short and thick. Remember? Uh, I, she wants, she does the books, I, I guess. Anyhow, she came up to us the other day. She's giving me the stink eye, right? And the second mm -hmm. I got there, you know what she did? She yeah. looked at me and she looked at her watch and started tapping her watch while she was looking at me. You didn't see it because your back was turned to her, but I did. And that's why I left. So, like, oh, you, you, you've been standing here too long. Yeah. She just looked at me like, you know, just looking at me and then looking at her watch, not only just looking at it, but tapping on it. Wow. Like, yeah. And then she came over and started talking to us. And I'm like, this is it, it's it's like what I talked about in my um, in my post last night. Sometimes people will be nice to your face. But when when you find out what they really think, it has nothing to do with the way that they're interacting with you. Right. Well, I mean, I, I have a, a private uh, journal where I write down the stuff about how I actually feel about you. So, <laughs> uh, I, I have the same thing. Right. Well, I want the police to be able to to be able to look through it and go, okay, yeah, all right. So we on this day, in this day, you know, the students. On this stuff. day, we may have to take a look at Bob again one more time. Exactly. Let's bring up the security footage. There he is again. Look at him. He's making the the white power signs, or, or I don't know what he's doing with his hands, but it looks like some sort of gang symbol. Maybe right. I'm gonna say that's more of a gang thing. Like <laughs> Whatever he's board. doing, he, he's trying to uh, get this poor middle aged white man to uh to take part in and whatever he wants but it seems like he's fighting back you know us poor middle-aged uh white men have to fight back it's about time yeah but you guys are losing so badly it really is i mean the darkening of america men, you know it's yeah. just got to be hurting you i know you were you were wanting to talk about that um uh you know i wished i could give you uh something in on that but uh you know i don't have too much well it's the thing that that gets me is all of the white people that were walking with the blm last summer mm -hmm. and, and, and you know in places like uh, idaho or, or montana or wyoming or north dakota or south dakota uh minnesota all the places where you, you have a blm movement but you don't have any black people you're like, right, there's all six, <laughs> all six black people from Idaho. Really? Yeah, I mean, the I think the number one fear among racist white people is uh, the fear of replacement. I, you know, they seem a lot of white people seem really, really worried about where the country will be in thirty years if there aren't any white people left. 
Yeah. Because they think like, well, only white people do democracy. Only white people build uh, Amazon. You know, where 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 will this country be in 30 years if, you know, if it weren't for us? Which is funny and ironic in the sense that it seems like some white people have been taking it, taking democracy on and trying to end it really quickly lately. I mean, if we had let Trump back into office again, I don't know what the what the condition of America would be in right now, because, of course, he ignored the pandemic, ignored the economy, ignored everything that was going on that was bad. And just, you know, as long as things were good for the rich, it was good for him. Yeah, he passed a a couple of tax breaks for himself. Well, and who's going to indict? You can't indict a sitting president for corruption, right? Well, at least according to the Justice Department. I mean, I'm no lawyer, but it seems like they maybe should have made it a... I mean, I keep hearing the stories that the only reason that Trump is trying to get back into the White House is to get that protection. (laughs) Because we know he wasn't interested in the job. He didn't do anything for six months at the end of his term. (laughs) I do have a conspiracy theorist who comes through. Um, He always buys a 30-pack of beer and a 20-pack or 20-pound. Conspiracy theorists love alcohol. What fuels the conspiracies? And he's absolutely convinced that the FBI... um, got a bunch of Chinese um, foreign agents to infiltrate, I guess, middle-class white people to invade the, the Capitol building because all the people who invaded the Capitol building sure looked white to me. I, and, oh, you know, I haven't seen a whiter yeah. crowd since the last time I was in like Boise, Idaho. <laughs> but apparently they, those were all, uh, according to the, they were all FBI agents who were actually double agents with China. And um, that was all done just to get Trump uh, in trouble and make it look like, you know, he had tried an insurrection when, of course, he, you know, he was doing the opposite. He was trying to secure democracy the whole time. I don't. I, I think I like the Antifa approach better, that there was actually Antifa and BLM uh, who had, mm-hmm. uh, instead of doing blackface, they did whiteface. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do whiteface. Tom to the Cruise Capitol. got everybody one of those <laughs> those Mission Impossible masks and gave them to everyone. Everyone. Could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a classic example of a conspiracy. They were all wearing whiteface when they went to the uh, to the Capitol to make it look like something bad was happening. I just wonder, like, what those people are thinking because, like, he also said things like "Go to the Capitol," and he when sure they did, did, he was like, "Thank you very much for going. Could you get crazier?" And then said after they were done, um, I love all of you and you're awesome and you did a great thing today. Like, how is that? How is he not part of the conspiracy to invade it if he's the one saying all those things? Uh, all like, those things fall in line with what people say when they uh, are following a cult leader. Yeah. I mean, Trumpism is bizarrely a cult now. What he showed that day uh, was the fact that he could get all of those people to drink the Kool Aid. Because what mm-hmm. happened to them? They ruined their lives by showing up there. Yeah, many of them will. Yeah, many of them are going to spend a portion of their lives now in a prison. Why? Because the cult leader told you to drink the Kool-Aid knowing full well that the Kool-Aid was full of special sauces. <laughs> and, and they went willingly. And, and that's the, the problem with having a cult leader in, in office is that you have a lot of power over of your constituents you know some of these people didn't live in a local area you had people some of them who flew private jets just to be there 
It was remarkable. And a lot of them had ties to the military, the police, and white power groups. And nobody wants to investigate that. Of course not, because it didn't happen. Because it would hurt. This is why there's no uh, January 6th commission. It would hurt white people if they did that. Now, as we've said before, that if uh, Trump had won the uh, the presidency and all of these people that stormed the Capitol were BLM people of color, boom, got the 50 cows out there mowing mm-hmm. people down. It's just the way it works. They just decided to take a different tact and, um, and use Russian-style tactics uh, instead of going directly, you know, full military. You're just going to do... You know, you're just going to pass a bunch of laws that make it difficult to vote. You're going to make, you're going to take away uh, mail-in voting and, and force people to go sit in lines next to their um, COVID-19 guy. That guy that's uh, spouting uh, religion and uh, COVID-19. Yeah. Right. He's he's without a mask and he's spreading the fourth <laughs> variant of the COVID-19. Oh, by the time there. we get to, to that, we'll be yeah. at the 10 plus variant. I mean, it's only taken us a year to get a four and uh, the super mutant. Again, uh, I think Joe Biden came out uh, this morning or last night and said, oh, there's not going to be any lockdowns. Don't worry about uh, the Delta ver- version of it. It's more deadly. It spreads faster. But we got this. You're like, uh-oh. This dude- uh, also, the fact that most of you have a, um, uh, you, you have a, uh, a vaccine that doesn't work on that particular or actually lowers your um, ability to fight. Yeah. Yep, that's that, the thing. It's that the Delta version uh, lowers the the ability to fight it, and uh, it comes on faster and harder. Oh my god! Maybe they, maybe there is something to uh, the people who say you, this was a manufactured uh, virus. That Do we have to talk about John Stewart today? <laughs> we, we should. John Stewart is. <laughs> I wish I, I like could play the just, clip right now. <laughs> I wish it's I had in the it. same place with the same name. <laughs> and he basically went full Tom Cruise jumping on the, oh, the camera. Man, dude, he went full retard, man. <laughs> I sent you that yesterday. <laughs> he went full on, man. <laughs> he was hopping up and down, and Colbert's trying to calm him down. And I think, you know, isolation for uh, Jon Stewart might have been bad for him. He's had a lot <laughs> <laughs> to practice that performance that he went out on a Colbert show and did live. <laughs> I thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen. But, uh... Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, because he's telling us what we want to hear, right? I mean, we've all wanted to hear this for a long time. And the obvious facts, it's got the same name as the same place where it escaped from. It's like the Coke, <laughs> the, the, the uh, Coke bottling company that accidentally releases the Coke virus through Coke and into the air. It's like, hmm, we've had an outbreak near this Coke facility, and now we have COVID-21 Coke version. Hmm, let's see if we can find some bats nearby and blame them. (laughs) (laughs) That's really what it comes down to. (laughs) But the way he was so adamant that Colbert had to accuse him of being a Republican on air, that's not scripted, man. (laughs) No. No, they didn't want that. No. I mean, and, and the way it came off is that he truly sounded like a lunatic on the show. 
He did, but I don't know that anything he said was necessarily wrong. No, that's the problem. You need a lunatic to spout truth in our society. Because <laughs> if Colbert had come onto the show, uh, let's say he didn't book um, uh, John Stewart, and he decided to say what John Stewart said in a more calm and, and rational tone. He said everything he said, but he said it calm and rationally. It wouldn't hit the point that uh, John Stewart's performance just really gave you a gut punch with like, listen, it's got the same name as the virus. What other evidence do you need? <laughs> it's got the same name. That's really all you need. <laughs> if you have something that gets released from a place with the same name and there's an outbreak in your city, it's not on the other side of town. It's not in a different part. It's not in Beijing. It's in Wuhan, the Wuhan COVID-19 Research Center. Now there's an outbreak. Where did it come from? Hmm. Maybe some mutagen fell into the sewers. No, it came from that lab. <laughs> I love the way that Colbert tried to reason with him, and he was unreasonable about it. <laughs> Sometimes you have to be unreasonable in your reasonableness. I mean, in an insane world, you have to be insane. And that's what uh, John Oliver showed us. He, he truly came to the show to be insane. It worked. <laughs> we do have uh, one piece of news I think we should bring up to okay, go ahead. all of the uh, listeners and uh, watchers. Um, Champ, the uh, canine oh. companion of Joe Biden, has uh, passed on today. Uh, I and, actually uh, got onto the news cycle too early this morning to see that when you sent me that message i refreshed the screen on cnn and now it's in the top three stories excellent uh, as uh, where it should be <laughs> biden announces that beloved german shepherd champ has died this is the same dog that's bitten like three people including <laughs> two secret service agents that we know of <laughs> and a people champion probably... of the people <laughs> Flags are going to be at half mast. Um, you know, people are going to be all over the internet. Um, I'm sure, just you know, in okay. tears. This goes back to what this. we have talked about for weeks and months. That when animals are in trouble, people pour out support. But when their hearts when, are open. But with someone like George Floyd, you know, it's like you know what? It's like um, who was it? McCarthy said he's like ah, you know, nobody's going to care. But if that had been Champ that had Girl. died, oh my God! You know, open up the the uh, the donation numbers and, and start calling in. Just... I mean that that dog should have been put down the first time it bit uh, it bit someone. Yeah, but bit a service it, uh, um, uh, it, secret service agent. Yeah, right, it bit a secret service agent. That's that's a felony, I'm pretty sure. And it, I mean that dog should have been put down. But of course now we're just. This country is uh, the way it. There's so much hatred for our fellow human in this country. I'm telling you, if I could be reborn, if I could go to a corner uh, vending machine right now and and I could pick anything to transform myself into, it would be a rich person's dog. Oh, hands yeah. down, I would live a short, very happy, very luxurious life. And there would be no point for me to carry on this facade of 90 years of being a human living in poverty. 
All I need is 11 good dog years, and I would be perfectly happy being like Paris Hilton's little dog. Right. I mean, if I, you want to, if you want to raise money for a, a homeless, a homeless shelter, make sure it's for um, uh, dogs or cats that need to be adopted. Okay. Make so sure this is how you build a shelter uh, and get a lot of wealthy people to donate to it. So in the front of the shelter, it's for uh, endangered and unloved and unwanted animals. In the front, you bring in all the money, and in the back, you have housing for all of the homeless people with mm -hmm. whatever's left over. That's and the only way it. you get away with that is is um, these poor animals don't have anyone to love them or take care of them. So the homeless Absolutely. people are there providing companionship to the animal. Yes, the homeless because person you can't is justify is the companion to the dog rather than right. the other way around. Because the other way around, nobody will donate to you. No, but if and no one would let you have them in their neighborhood. Even more importantly, so even if you were willing to give money, oh, I'll give you five bucks for these homeless people but you can't have that homeless shelter near my house. You know yeah. that. And, it, and the way this country is going, uh, 50,000 people dying every day or every year from heroin overdoses and hundreds of thousands of homeless people about to be met by over the next couple of months, probably millions of new homeless people who've never Absolutely. been homeless before. Mm -hmm. The newly homeless all over the country. And you're not talking about just your regular person that was on the edge living in the inner city. You're talking about homelessness coming to the lower middle class. Well, that's because we we really need to destroy the whole middle class. All we really need now are the really, really rich because they can they can produce all of the money the economy needs. Yeah, all we and need is the need, top 5% and then everyone right. else. And then you need the rest, the only the only amount of people that we need left after that are just the few people that do my dry cleaning or the few people that, you know, will get me a jumbo jack when I need it. And the rest of the middle class can just eke its way back down to uh, the starvation class. And a few of you might get to, you know, come up and join us. But the vast majority of you probably just need to leave the country or something because we don't need you anymore. No, we've never needed you. And that's the problem. It's, it's taken until the year 2021 and a pandemic for those people to realize that we never needed you. The middle class was a lie. and It, it always has been. And it was it never always has been. I mean, you look at the way that Karl Marx thinks of the middle class. Not yeah. in the highest regard by any stretch of the imagination. And that was what uh, kept the American dream alive was that, uh, you know, there will we'll all get to be in the middle class. But... Remember that video I did with a carrot? Um, yeah. Well, which depends on which video with the carrot you're talking about. The, the one, one where they're holding the carrot, <laughs> the carrot out in front of, uh, of the lower class trying to get into the middle class. It's like if you just keep working hard enough, eventually you're going to get in. But at least we know that it's a lie now. You know, I think the majority of people have caught on to that. I mean, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. And again, you're talking about homelessness is going to come like the grim reaper for those millions of people that are not willing to get in line. Because when you have uh, this many millions of people out there who have no way of making money and then you cut them off, the only place that they're going to end up on is the street. And you're not talking about individuals here. You're talking about families of homeless people. 
in the uh, the um, the encampments are going to spiral out of control because people right now are trying to take a stand against the corporations and the corporations just looking at you like, how long can you hold out? That's that's precisely the point. How long? I, I think. You know, all those payments are about to end in September. Sometimes oh, they're already early. ending. Yeah, in, yeah, already many ending. cases. You know, last weekend they started cutting them. Uh, Missouri, uh, Alaska, a couple other states, four states cut them last weekend. But this week, another round. Next week, another round. Almost all of them by the end of the month. And here in Arizona, uh, July 12th. So we've got less than 30 days. July 12th here. Yeah. All right. And then some of them, some of the people have been saving or have something, and maybe they can go another month or two. Um, well, we still have a, a fourth stimulus check that's possibly going to come out at this point. Um, a lot of us are still waiting on uh, pretty heavy uh, uh, income tax returns, like I, I'm getting $2,400 back. But again, uh, the IRS has been uh, you know, dragging their feet on processing um tax returns for this year. They, they complain that they still are working on ones from last year, but they're going to give back uh, pretty heavy incentives for people that did do their taxes uh, with a lot of uh, extras for people. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so. I, haven't, I still haven't received any of my uh, stimulus checks. Probably won't get the fourth one. And, you know, what I, what I tell Americans to do now, um, and this is not legal advice, so don't take it, Yes, that. Th this portion of the show is now not legal advice from Mr. T. Not only is this <laughs> not legal advice, this might be parody. Uh, I might not even be telling the truth here. Okay. Um, but you should all stop paying your taxes. Okay, um, he's now the gone into the Tucker Carlson realm of, uh, of the news. Okay, people right. listening right now? You're going to want to stop paying taxes, basically. Um, that Again, it, the, things that you're, <laughs> the things that you're doing now, um, you, you know, you feel like you're giving it to the man by, you know, I'm going to keep my unemployment check until the last minute, and then I'm going to go work at Burger King. But when you start working at Burger King, um, they're going to try to take 15% of your salary out at least. And you're what you're going to want to do is just file exempt. Every American should file exempt for the next, I don't know, three months. You can keep the money, put it aside so that you could pay your taxes so you don't violate a law. But you should all file exempt and scare the hell out of the government that we're going to do something for real, that we're, gonna, that we're going on strike, that we're not going to pay our taxes until something changes. Yeah, I think the man will just look at you like, poor people paying taxes. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> you can only hold out so long before we start making examples of you. <laughs> I mean, they can't put us all in jail. They can all. They can put us all. They can it's put like us catching in those encampments. And, it's like you know that people building. for copyright. You don't have to put them all. You just have to show that this is what happens. No, you you've got to. They some of you will go to jail, and that's fine. Go ahead and go to jail. Uh, if if ten thousand, if a hundred thousand keep going to jail, keep filing, uh, keep not filing your um, taxes and keep uh, filing exempt. Don't, don't give them any money. 
And, I mean, and all they can do, I know since George W. Bush, they've been building those FEMA camps, and sure, yeah. they could all put us in those. But, <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> they can behind the wire. <laughs> but think about wire. this. You know, the gallows in the pirate days were not so much a punishment for the people that they were punishing, but it was an example to everyone else that piracy will not be tolerated. And this is exactly what they would do for people that weren't paying their taxes. I imagine... Uh, uh, what would they call it? Quartering people. Right. I don't know personally if you can get away with it for 15 years, but I have a feeling some of you could probably get away with it for 15 years. Nah, I mean, look Not at Wesley Snipes. Right. <laughs> yeah, but he, he makes too much money. Oh, that's true. You know, he's still trying to do it. I'm going to hide my money from the government. <laughs> I don't, know what, I don't know what that guy was thinking. I know. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be in all these movies and I'm not going to pay taxes. And and then, you know, maybe they'll just ignore me. No, they'll ignore someone like me that makes $13,000 a year right. and pays a measly, what, $1,100 a year in, in federal income taxes or doesn't, according to your scheme here. Right. Uh, but, you know, when you're making that kind of money, the tax man, he, he's got an eye on you. See, they know what they're doing because they take the um, FICA out, whether you like it or not, which actually uh, is more than the federal income tax many people pay. Um, and, and that's just one of the ways the system is geared against low-wage workers. Is, oh, absolutely. They take it without tax. you. Without right. you telling us you can take it. They just take it right out. But it's because they've changed the way they've changed entitlements and they've changed the way that they fund the federal government. Like it used to be 30% of the taxes um, the U S government collected was from businesses and things like that. They don't do that. Uh, most of the, now most of it comes from FICA, the largest single um, tax collection part of the government is from FICA. And so that's why you, everyone should stop working and, and file exempt and really try to frighten the government into giving people real jobs. I mean, what are they going to do? Just make up like a Walmart greeters for $50,000 a year and they just put you on a street corner and you can preach to people or right. See, that, that's the thing is I, I can't envision, envision something where they would create an entire segment of society with jobs that pay livable wages. It's just not feasible. The only That's why they just have to start handing out money like they've been doing. I mean, they just need to start me. giving out. Right. Every study they've ever done, they, they're they like, we, we looked at a group of poor people. We looked at a group of homeless people. And we just tried this thing where we gave them money. And it turns out just giving them money helped them. Really? <laughs> they're broke and poor. They have no money. And you gave them money and their lives improved. That's not really, if, if, it, that's not shocking. Not shocking to me, but uh, there, there are a number of people out there who are proposing things like, uh, you know, minimum uh, income and things like that. Yeah, just uh, sending people money. Um, uh, what was that? A two thousand dollar, just a living. Uh, what was it like a, a rolling? Um, I forget what they call it, like a payment just for being an American citizen. Right. Uh, but hey, uh, do you have Snapchat by any chance? I, I do. Did you just just ring? I, I think I just got a Snapchat. And anytime that it does that, it's because of a holiday or some sort of special event. And I'm willing to bet that if I go over there and I look at my phone right now, it's going to have something to do with this whole June 19th 
thing. Are, are you against the June 19th? I think Joe Biden's got bigger problems, man. They passed this. This is one of the only bipartisan things that they have passed in six months. When you've got a, a border crisis, a housing crisis, a homeless crisis, you've got America falling apart. And the only thing that Republicans and Democrats can come together on is a holiday for people that died 100 years ago. Come on, man. <laughs> Focus, that's, that's Joe. A hot take, sir. That's a hot take. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I think the uh, holiday is a is a good idea. I think uh, it's weird that we never celebrate the end of of slavery. That's something we should probably should celebrate because it never uh, ended. Well, it just <laughs> changed forms. Yes, it's it's altered in form. Um, it's like someone who came onto my channel the other day uh, because I was comparing Jeff Bezos sweatshops to four hundred years of plantation labor, and they're like, that's not the same because they got money. And I just like I, I just stood there for a second. It's like, hmm, they get money, huh? Uh, just because an Amazon, just because Jeff Bezos puts an Amazon gift card between your butt cheeks, doesn't mean you're making a wage. <laughs> well, you can, you get to choose your, you know. If if oh, you could take your Amazon gift card to a middle-class neighborhood and say, here, I'd like to cash in this chip for a house. You go to the car dealership, you put, you show them the same uh, voucher and they give you a middle-class car and you take that same voucher and you show it at your kid's university and they give your kids education. Now that I could get behind. But when you take your Amazon paycheck and the only thing that happens is that two, two days later you're fired, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? I'm not living the American dream. <laughs> well, you didn't take the industrial athlete part serious. That's why we had to fire you. That's true. I I, I wasn't, I didn't provide enough conditioning. I needed to be, uh, you know, getting my body ready for working right. in a warehouse, training them. like a, like a, uh, like a bodybuilder or some sort of uh, um, Ironman event. A year before, I went and applied for the minimum wage. You yeah, I don't know how much. I don't know how much else you want other than, you know, you've got uh, Burger King uh, offering you uh, one dollar cheeseburgers. So after you've got your Amazon work for the day, you you know you can still have like three or four of those cheeseburgers, and now you're I ready. Think, honestly, you know, if Jeff Bezos was smart. He would just let cheeseburgers dro drop out of the uh, warehouse ceiling for the workers <laughs> just to eat. So that way they wouldn't have to use their hands. They just take them like dogs. They just open their mouth and nutrition falls in. And then you have a hose that opens up above you and you get water. <laughs> you, you could just use a drone to like put the hamburger on a string and you could just follow the drone to wherever you have to to pick up and uh, drop off an item. And then, you know, you get a bite or two. And then it, it turns around and it and it it leads you off to wherever the next uh, pick needs to be going. Yeah, I mean, it, human beings in those warehouses are basically in a a coliseum. I mean, if you're going to call them industrial athletes and then expect humane treatment, come on, man! <laughs> You've laid it out on the table. This is what we have. This is what we offer, and this is the way we treat people. We know that to keep the industrial athletes uh, healthy and working as hard as they can, 
we have to make sure that they're fed and well hydrated. But at the same time, we need labor to get done. How do we get both of these things to happen simultaneously? It's either going to be falling hamburgers from the ceiling or it's going to be a feeding tube in the rear end that you're attached to while you're there. And um, and on given breaks, all of a sudden you go, woohoo, there, there, I just got my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have another tube on the other end and you look at it, it's like, ooh, that urine's looking off to the dark. <laughs> Get some hydration. So then you push another button and it shoots another cold shot right up the same tube. I mean, when it comes well, down, you know, to I mean, that. like uh, apologists um, for American capitalism will tell you that, you know, during these transition periods, you know, you have the maybe the cruelty of capitalism with the uh, Amazon's work, but you know, eventually, you know, Amazon is already beginning to us uh, to respond to the pressure. They they put in those quiet rooms where you can sit for five oh minutes. And God. I knew you, you know, were going to be able to get through an gonna... entire podcast without mentioning the meditation rooms. And do you know how I knew that? Because I'm picturing <laughs> you reading your affirmations to me at your job. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> I love the way that that girl looked the other day, your, your coworker, when you started reading the part about treating the customer well. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> she just looked at you like, is he crazy? <laughs> we don't treat the customer well. Well, uh, I would say no, but now we keep what are coming you talking back. About? Yeah, you keep coming back. <laughs> I keep coming back. Mm -hmm. It's like a dog that you hit with over the head uh, with a newspaper, but he keeps coming back because he knows he's, he's got to get his food there. <laughs> If if we treated the customer half as badly as we as the customers treat us, you know they would never show up. So, I mean, you'd look, you'd have people on both sides with riot gear. Now I'd have to come buy bananas with a helmet and a baton, and that's coming soon, I'm sure. But uh... <laughs> you imagine if they force you to protect the the store's merchandise with violence because it got that bad. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do because I mean, every day all we do is watch merchandise, you know, fly off the, the shelf. Yeah, I see it all the time. It's quite hilarious. So I don't know. It's it's probably only going to get much worse as the homelessness problem. I mean, if you have Walmart just down the street locking up everything, including uh, the vegetables, at some point in the near future, where you have to ask the employees to come unlock the onions for you and then take them to the register for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they, they realize, man, everything is locked up at Walmart now. It used yeah, to be that you, lo you, you used to lock up the things, you know, the valuable things, the people, the things that people stole regularly. Um, remember back in the day how they used to keep the cigarettes on, on you know, uh, behind the glass or, or um, were locked up so that junkies couldn't get at them? Now everyone is a potential uh, thief. At, at a Walmart, so they've got to lock up everything, including the shampoo. It wasn't even that long ago. In the 80s, they used to leave cigarettes out on displays where people could just grab them. Oh, yeah, I remember like that. A, they were like a buck, a buck fifty back then. Um, yeah. That's how old I am. But, uh, yeah, now, you know, now that they're $8, $10, they, you know, they've got to hide them. Yeah, uh, this week, uh, CNN ran with the story in uh, in San Francisco. Uh, where a homeless guy showed up at a Walgreens 
brought in a black trash bag, filled it up to capacity, and then rode his bike through the store past the store security. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call it? The fleecing of America. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. I mean, he had a plan. He had a bike. He had a trash bag, and he knew what he wanted. It was all uh, candy and gum, too. That was the worst what? part. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, when it comes to to uh, to goods that you can sell to the other people around you, I mean, what's what's more popular among them? They're not buying caviar and, and kale. Right. <laughs> you know, you know people know what they need. I mean, when people come mm -hmm. in to steal at your store, they're stealing one of two things: <laughs> store brand cookies or liquor. <laughs> right. I can't believe that guy. I, I still can't get over. I mean, we had a guy steal a, an entire cart full of stuff and he got stopped, but the entire thing was filled with store brand items. Like every item you can think of pasta, pasta sauce, whatever salt. And, but it was flour. He bought off brand generic flour. I'm like, you're stealing it. Why wouldn't you get the good stuff? Because he wanted to look normal. When you start filling up your cart with name brand stuff, the employees uh, are gonna look at that and be like, hmm. Hey, come on. You can't yeah. you can't afford an entire cart full of name brand stuff. Of course, but if it's all Kroger brand, it's like, oh look, he's got Kroger water and Kroger eggs. You're like, oh yeah, he's just one of us. Right. That's the way it works. You gotta be incognito. And unfortunately, I'm sure that his attire and demeanor gave him away. Without a doubt, <laughs> when you start getting those shifty eyes at the door, you know, you come up near the door and you're like looking around, it's like, who's looking at me? I'm just a regular customer. I'm going to try and walk out. Boom, you get caught. Damn it. My ratty clothes gave me away again. Because, I mean, what else do they have? I mean, it's once you've been on the street long enough, you can no longer pass as um, as normal anymore. You, know, you get to a certain point where you're withered by the environment, especially here in Arizona. Where, and if you're out there and you're homeless right now and it's 117 degrees, uh, mm -hmm. I believe that you, uh, your hair might have actually caught fire at some point today. And you can't pass anymore. And I, between my apartment complex and getting to the Circle K across the street and then getting over to the store, you're going to pass between five and ten people that can no longer pass. Like this morning, I... There was a dude talking to himself at the light right there. And I mean, he looked like he hit a already. He, he literally had like black dirt on his face where it looked like the sun had scorched him. Jeez. He was so dirty and his clothes were black. And you're like, dude, this guy can't pass anymore. He's got that bewildered look in his eyes and his hair standing straight up from dirt. And he's skinny and he's just looking around. You know, it, that's a person that's fried. Right. How are you supposed to bring that person back and get them you a bring job? Up a good point. Yeah, like, um, I, I, I wonder if, if we're past capacity. You know what I mean? And and will we be there soon? If if not, like, there's so many people now who are homeless. There's so many mental health problems in this country that aren't being addressed. And like you said, maybe you know if, if some people are listening or watching. And you guys are, you know, upper class or middle class. And you don't wander into the neighborhood that we live in every once in a while, and you don't see it, maybe. But 
we can't I can't step outside into the parking lot and walk home without seeing 30 or 40 or 50 homeless people who are like you said they're past the ability where like merely getting them into a house isn't going to be enough you know these people are like how do you reintegrate them into society they're feral i mean yeah some of them are i'm i'm not using that word lightly if you as a human being have dropped out of mainstream society you're living in the uh tempe town lake in the basin area just um west of the main lake area if you're living in that forest area there and you've been living there for six months, you're living off the land, you're killing whatever you can for food, you're starting fires down there. Uh, you're no longer a person anymore. You're far gone. And to be brought back into the real world where you eat in your kitchen and you put on clean clothes every day, that is just not going to happen for tens of thousands of people. If you've seen pictures of uh, downtown New York right now, the homeless people are scattered like unwanted animals all over the place, just laying down everywhere. It's disturbing. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and I mean, and I keep finding more and more needles on the ground. I was just telling one of your coworkers this a couple of days ago. I was riding my bike from the gym and I was crossing the street there at Southern. And I looked down and there's a, a broken needle and then I, I go past that, and I'm going over to the, um, uh, what, what's it called, uh, that doctor's, the same-day doctor place, um, emergency care place. There's more needles on the ground as I'm crossing that bridge. And then I, I start going past the gas station, and there's another needle. It's like a junkie was just shooting up as he was walking down the street <laughs> and dropping the needles. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, not how I it mean... works, but... Yeah, I don't know if that's the way it works, but uh, yeah, it, and there's there doesn't seem to be any program or or anything being done out there to help any of these Absolutely people. Absolutely not. In fact, um, it must have been a couple months now, but I was shooting um, video in downtown at City Hall, and the homeless people were had an encampment down there between Mill Avenue and City Hall, and they were all in there with tents. And uh, someone came in there and flushed them all out. Guess what? They didn't flush them back out into the middle class. They just flushed them out into the wilderness. They flushed them back out into the, the desert around Papago Park. Uh, and that's where they go. Because if they have to flush them out of the parks, they flush them out of wherever encampments they have, they have to go somewhere. They're not going back and rejoining people. They're going, uh, they're just moving their little hobo shelters into another spot. It's like that uh, that location that um, your coworker told me about as well. She actually has a picture of it on her Instagram, but there's an encampment behind the grocery store where you work at. Between a building behind it and a wall, uh, they put tarps over that space and there's homeless people, like little tiny, uh, just individual rooms back there covered with blue tarps where they're living. I'll have to go take a look for that. Oh, um, it's nasty because I remember I was trying to take a picture back there with my big camera. And like mm -hmm. one head popped out from like 50 uh -oh. feet down. He was looking at me and I'm like, you know, what? it's time to get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. I mean, um, I don't know if we mentioned this on the podcast before, but like just the other day, I uh, I had a, um, a representative, a vendor rep come up to me because she had found um, crack cocaine in the store. Somebody had dropped there. 
little $5 or $10. And you uh, quickly bag. said, that's my name on that bag. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's mine. because that's, yeah. that's <laughs> It says Mr. T on the outside of the bag. That's me. <laughs> There's nothing better than crack. I don't care what people tell you. If you've never tried crack, you should try it once because it's amazing and you'll love it. The only thing better than crack is probably PCP. Um, and a lot of people don't like PCP. It gets a really bad name. Uh, but my guess right. is you've never but tried before PCP. I continue, before we continue with this, I'd like to say this is a public service announcement for anyone that doesn't have any experience with this stuff like myself. Mr. T here has had a, a rough life, so he's well aware of, of these particular products. I personally don't endorse them. Just in case yeah. you guys needed to know that, okay. Right, you don't want to. You don't want to. I mean, like you probably don't want to spray um, uh, into a Ziploc bag like uh, insect spray and huff that for a few hours. If you do that, you will probably have something really bad happen to you. And, and, uh, Mr. T here uh, is trying to explain the difference between something really bad like homelessness happening to you and breathing uh, whatever concoction is in this bag. Uh, homelessness because is in self, the same category. Right, because self-harm has exploded in this country. All you oh, see absolutely. Is, all you Especially, see is... Go ahead. Yeah, you see, well, you see people doing violent self-harm to themselves in ultimate ways. Oh, I know my, you have I to have, be very careful about no, that. No, I, I, I have uh, met so many girls online who they're cutters. I used to have a gang of little cutters that followed my my Tumblr blog, and they they feel they 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 send me a message. It's like I'm feeling depressed today. I'm getting my box out, and they show me a picture of the box, and the box is just full of torture and implements uh, or or utilities. And they'd have this thing, and then they just start slashing away. And it's like, this is the way that I deal with the pain of being in the middle class. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. Well, <laughs> that goes along with my social contagion theory for years. I thought, you know, I used to see all that stuff on Tumblr or the Thinspiration and all these kinds of people. Yep, that's and I was like, this, this has just got to be some weird social, social contagion, and it's not reflective of any kind of deep crisis. And I missed that because there's a deep crisis in the, this country. You know, you see an explosion in alcohol deaths, explosion in overdose deaths, uh, an explosion in mental health crisis. Okay. And all we have are all of those things that you just said. And what's on the cover of CNN? Biden announces that their beloved German shepherd champ has died. Right. And that's the only thing that we care about is some dog that's a vicious animal that uh, went around biting people should have been taken down by. I mean, there should be a special police unit that just goes around and finds stray vicious animals like that and puts them down immediately. With Okay. No... D disclaimer here. Mr. T has a thing about dogs. Just if you guys haven't picked up on this thing as you've been listening to this, he definitely hates animals. Uh, I please. definitely no. hate animals. Right. No I would throw up. I, I once place. had a, I once had a friend tell me they would stop being my friends with, uh, I because I saw something on the internet. You know, the, the, there's always a a puppy being thrown from a bridge on the internet. Oh, of course uh, there is. Like that's just like a big Standard thing on the internet. Call. Yeah. And and so I was like, oh, could that be any funnier? And I I can't think of anything really funnier. But so this friend first person was like, well, you know, we can't be friends if you actually think that's funny. So you know, I. I had to lie and be like, oh, of course it's not funny. But let's face it. In that same category, in the last election, if you posted the fact that you were a Republican, 
uh, they actually had uh, examples of a person would post something pro GOP and they would lose a bunch of friends. People would unfriend mm -hmm. them. Same thing with animals. Uh, one of the number one things beyond rather hefty women on Bumble, the uh, the phrase must love animals is 75 oh, percent. And I'm like, oh, and, yeah. and the pictures with the animals are all over the place. And and you have women carrying their animals inside of little like baby contraptions on their bodies when they go hiking. And you're like, that's nasty. Right. <laughs> and There's an I explosion see... of people allowing dogs to lick their mouths. It's disgusting. Oh, yuck. Anybody that lets that happen to them is... I mean, you cannot be saved from that sort of thing. Where do you think COVID-19 comes from? <laughs> exactly. Someone was probably kissing the pet bat. Someone was, like, oh, what? was French kissing Now I'm going to go bat. work. Yeah, he's kissing his home bat, his bat at home, his pet at bat. <laughs> he goes to work where he's trying to make the, the virus uh, even better and uh, probably wipes his uh, gross bat spit into the uh, test tube. And then now, boom. COVID-19. No, he just goes into the company fridge and he starts eating other people's food. <laughs> because that guy would do that. He's taking a bite of your sandwich, but he takes the bite in a way that you can't really tell that a bite was gone. Until you accidentally <laughs> he opens up your milk. He, you know, he opens up your yogurt. It just takes a little out of everything, right? So no one notices. But an hour before, he was French kissing his uh, pet bat. <laughs> And you don't understand that 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 pet bat loves French kissing. <laughs> Have you seen He's those tongues forcing, on the bats? Yeah. <laughs> not forcing that some... bat to do anything it doesn't want to do. <laughs> that was consensual. <laughs> Completely consensual. <laughs> you guys heard it here first. This is the, the new explosive theory of the origins. <laughs> Man eats out of company fridge. All of a sudden. There's a spread in the area. Hmm. And now you've got you've got COVID nineteen everywhere. <laughs> you've got you've got it in India where people are dying by the the millions or I don't know how many people are dying there. But it's so bad that they've about got thirty thousand a day. I think that's the last yeah. number I heard. They said there's so much, and I can't find the article. I, I would wish I could, but there was an article about a virus that's uh, basically coming from the the corpses that are piling up on and they're all feeding off this COVID-19 corpse. And I, I think the only thing you can assume that's going to happen there is zombies. Yeah, zombie I mean, bats and zombie people and zombie dogs. Right. I mean, this is how the zombie apocalypse starts. If you've seen the, the, the movie pet cemetery, this is actually where it comes from an outbreak of a, of a type of virus like this. And all of a sudden fluffy is back with a vengeance. Right. <laughs> like a Mr. T's movie that he has told me so many times about, about zombie dogs. I think it's final. <laughs> I think this is why he was so interested in the story because he's been pitching this idea at me for months about Cujo, but Cujo is a zombie. And then, and even then, even as a zombie dog apocalypse, <laughs> I don't know that you could go around <laughs> shooting the dogs and killing the dogs no, that would be in cool. that movie because we people would be like, we can shoot humans yeah. that are, are zombies, but no, never animals, because animals are innocent. Right. 
I think even in this movie, you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to kill the zombie humans. You could kill regular humans who were trying to kill the zombie dogs, and then people that would get the big uh, applause in the theater. Is is the is the at the end of the movie where some crazy lib uh, animal rights activist shoots me in the head because I've been shooting all the dog zombies, and after I'm dead, you know the the dog zombies just take over like they they rush the wall because I've stopped shooting them. Hey, it sounds like a Michael Bay film to me if I've heard one. I mean, <laughs> everything had have, a happy ending, <laughs> right? If you have any money out there and you want to. Uh, you want to invest in a film that I think is going to be huge. This is a hell of a creepy pasta too. <laughs> <laughs> Do it now. I mean, we could get you get the zo- the dog zombie apocalypse. I mean, movie. you have uh, this is the feel good movie of the year. You've got right. dogs. You've got libs taking out people. Uh, you've got uh, <laughs> zombies. I mean, I can't think of anything else you could put into this movie other than unicorns and lesbians. Right. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd have to definitely be wearing like a Trump hat so that when they shot me, they'd be like, oh, <laughs> that's the God, real enemy the, of the people. That's the enemy. <laughs> the blood just dripping all over that red hat. <laughs> that's they actually show you the uh, uh, the origins of the red hat. It's actually right. it's actually it, it's the soaked blood of a do- of a zombie dog. <laughs> This guy I'm around. getting tingles already just thinking of watching this movie in a theater again oh. without a mask on. Right, without a mask. <laughs> While I'm sneezing and throwing my popcorn around. Every every theater gets rented out by the corporation and you have to wait. You cannot wear a mask to enter it to watch the movie. I mean, our delightful Governor DC just signed that into law, didn't he? The universities so. don't have to have masks or, or proof of vaccination in order to get students back into the classroom. A champion of the people, of protecting the people. Well, you know, we've got to get rid of 80% of you, so let's let's get you let's get it started as soon as we can. I mean, we're working on it. I mean, if India is going to send us a blessing, it's gonna be zombie dogs and zombie people that are uh, I, I just, I mean, it seems like we already have a problem with zombies. Uh, I think the homeless people, <laughs> you know, now they're going to have COVID. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're going to be like those uh, those ones in the movies that, that shoot, like the, the, the puke at you to try to get you infected. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be walking down the street almost like, blah. <laughs> you're like, Listen, oh, my God. Yeah, I, <laughs> in the movie, I think uh, all you got to do is is show that the, COVID-19 gets to the brain and it basically mimics um, PCP in your brain. So that's why all these people are acting like zombies. You know, the whole idea of them coming back from the dead never makes sense to me. Yeah. it's You know, it was the whole reason I guess I couldn't believe the Jesus thing. Like, wait, he died and then he came back? Um, That's because he was a zombie. Yeah. Now it makes sense. Jesus was actually a zombie. And he hated dogs. Oh, yeah. Definitely hated dogs because they attacked him. Oh, oh, no, they wouldn't convert to uh, Christianity. That's why he hated them. Yeah. Well, imagine the the animals of 5,000 or 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. Like, there was definitely no training. Yeah, there could have been no training. Like, those animals would have been wild and crazy. They would have probably barked and and bit anybody who came within a... a, a, You you couldn't fall asleep with uh, 
with Fluffy in the house because you wake up in the morning and half your foot would be eaten off because right. you got hungry in the middle of the night. Yeah, these these dogs weren't civilized yet. Nope. I'm 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 quite certain that Jesus hated dogs. <laughs> I'm sure every interaction he ever had with a dog was like, this mutt needs to get out of here. I'm sure it's and in the back of the Bible somewhere around Revelations. It's, I think it's right. right where it says the mark of the beast and Jesus hated dogs. Right. Somewhere well, in the back. I, in, in my version of the Bible, um, he would often invite dogs out into the sea as he's walking on it. And they would be, you know, he'd, they could walk with him and then snap his fingers. Suddenly, the, uh, suddenly walking on water wasn't so easy and those dogs would drown. Oh my god! Again, and then he'd, uh, he'd walk back and be like, "Anybody wants right some?" Now, I do not endorse any of Mister T's hateful thoughts on animals. <laughs> I love all animals. Just saying. Oh, you just had like you went from like three hundred ninety-four subscribers to like three fifty. Like people like, <laughs> probably yelling on you as we speak. And women, you know, I'm. If you have pets and children, the better, the more. The merrier. The more the better. <laughs> the more the better. The more better butter. <laughs> and if and if you've got uh if you got a couple of rolls on you, butter rolls, even better. I get hungry in the afternoon. That's right. You just want a little bit of that butter roll. Yep. Especially right near the second stomach, right above the uh the old crotch. It's the right. best place for meat. Now now some of you incels are far more bitter than I am. Oh, of in, course in they are. They're they're sitting at home right now playing with matches. What What's strange is I looked at the demographics um, for my podcast and something, and this is just comes from one source, Spotify. Uh, and, you know, I think Spotify only accounts for 10% of the traffic or whatever, but 80% of the people, 87%, something like that were uh, women who were listening to the podcast. Yeah, and I have just, 75% of my viewership is women. Really? Yep. Is that because only women like uh, it was also the same way on my blog, and I assumed that was because only women read because men don't read anymore. Nah, they're too busy button heads or right doing they're like man stuff, like, you know, man stuff, wrestling like alligators and you know going to rodeos and driving <laughs> on NASCAR. You know, you know the usual stuff. Building the internet, man. We're, we're men are doing out there doing stuff. Okay. I'm telling you, we need to have a, a men's awareness month. Well, there needs to be. I mean, I, I preach about that all the time uh, on my blog and podcast about, I mean, it, there's a crisis going on in men's education and nobody talks about it. And that's partly because they've changed the way education is done to favor women and the, and the learning styles that women have, which is, you know, perfectly fine that we need to do that. Women should have been graduating more. But now you see, you know, women graduate from high school at much higher rates, graduate from college at much higher rates, graduate with PhDs you know, at higher rates. I, I've been saying this for years while I was finishing my literature degree and I looked around and there was definitely a major that I was missing at the university. And I'd like to be able to call it men's studies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there won't be any of that, sir. <laughs> I mean, you you know the answer to that. Every everything is men's studies. It's the only when we you know chop out a small section for women do we get. You know. I mean, it seems like everyone else we have 
Asian studies, we have Black studies, we have LGBT studies, we have queer theory. Everyone else gets a studies except for men. You're like, wait a minute, how come we're being left out? And the fact is that the man runs the world, so he doesn't there need his own need appreciation it. day. If it were up to me, 364 days a year would be men's day, which it is. <laughs> <laughs> We, I'd go for 365. But. Hey, we got to say one day for Women's Day. <laughs> but because well, you know, they've the, been so the, marginalized in the world, they need their own appreciation and their own right. major and their own literature and, unfortunately, their own prison system. Why do they get their own prison system? Yeah, they should definitely be locked in with men. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could go wrong with that. You would cut the crime rate of women down by a considerable amount if they had to go to a male prison because they, you know, I can't imagine how terrifying that would be. So, oh, yeah, you don't know how many women I've met that find the love of their life in prison. Well, it goes without saying. I mean, women, women are terrible at making choices. So, you know, uh, I, mean, I mean, yeah, my mom was a woman. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She had you, right? She married your dad. She didn't marry my dad. It was a bump in the night, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm a bastard child that came out and, with a batitude right out of the womb. Uh, all you have to do is get yourself into prison um, as a, say, a mass murderer of women, and then yeah. you can finally get women to pay attention to you and want to marry you. Oh, yeah. Women love kind of those guys. Right. And, uh, you know, if you're a thug, Man, you, you have to fight off the women with a pointy stick at that point. I've told you about the guy that works maintenance here at my apartment. He's got four ladies with, he's got four children with four baby mamas, and he's working on his fifth. That guy well, is never alone. I mean, he told me these, about. But yeah, Go it's ahead. because of these nice guys, you know, we'd much rather have the real thing, the real bad boy than the, than the fake nice guy. We don't want that fake nice guy. Now that fake nice guy is not going to do the kinds of things that they want to do. I mean, and this is a, a little, you know, off color here. But the last uh -oh. time he told me he had a lady over, she ended up taking a number two on his bed. And he oh, uh, told her that if she, she didn't get out, he's going to call the cops on her. And I was like, man, you imagine that? You calling the cops on a girl that took a dump on your bed? Why did she take the dump on the bed, though? Because he was plowing her from behind. Oh, okay. Well, that's not really her fault, then. I, I think he's overreacting. But a thug can get away with that, right? An ordinary dude couldn't. No. <laughs> get out of my house or I'm calling the cops. I mean, damn. How about a, how about a simple thank you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she did make a mess. I mean, she did make a mess in his in his defense. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, you know, if, if you're going over to the guy who, um, works maintenance at a, let's just say ghetto apartment like yours, a seedy complex, a seedy, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, whatever you wanted to describe, like decrepit and, uh, <laughs> basically little Flint right here in Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> well, the water is almost as good. Uh, if you, I if mean, you look uh, through the, uh, I they, drink they the water straight out of the tap, man. 
the water out of the tap is I, I do too i drink it i make tea out of it and you really shouldn't it's probably giving me cancer because every report everything gives you cancer in our society look well, at these power lines right above my house i can feel well, the, it coming through the window uh, well, yeah but you don't have the 5g on you right now man if you get a t-mobile 5g uh this podcast is sponsored by t-mobile 5g awesome um, sprint <laughs> sprint sprint actually it's it's just it's just sprints 5g that sponsors this podcast uh, sprints 5g protects you from all of the other cancer causing 4g so I, absolutely i'm my own nightlight now <laughs> comes with all sorts of benefits i used to be afraid of the darkness until i got on uh, sprints 5g and now there's never any darkness no. <laughs> never alone <laughs> just plug your just plug that uh 3g modem into your sprint phone and you'll be fine yeah guarantee you know there's nothing worse than feeling like uh like the, the house is too dark but then you see the light indeed well you know we are closing in now on a two-hour recording so yes and, and i hate to say this but I hit live on my recording, but I didn't hit record, so I'm gonna have to take this off of your channel. Oh. Yeah, I just looked over and I was like, oh, it says that, but it doesn't say that. And I was bummed out and I didn't want to say anything because I, I, I realized that an hour ago. An hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to be for it to be a bummer. <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad you kept that to yourself. I would have yeah. uh, it would have deflated the entire show, I'm sure. Yeah, of course it would have. So, uh, so do I need to do anything uh, to, for you other than uh, hit finish record and all that, or or do I need? No, to no. Uh, we just uh, want to make sure that everyone out there right now that is listening to this, all of this was satire. None of us want to harm anything. No animals. No zombies. No humans. We want everyone to live in peace and love. That's right. The last thing in the world that I would want to do is harm a zombie. German Shepherd that was gunning for my neck and trying to bite me. I would never. And, and would it has COVID. Die. Remember that. You know, that's oh, and, and with the COVID nineteen virus that uh, causes uh, PCP to be in its brain. Like, yeah, I mean, the reason it got it turned into a zombie dog is because it got the that strain that is turning dogs into zombies that are therefore attacking human beings, which is turning them into zombies. Right, and the fourth strain is now the leading cause of uh, COVID here in the USA. So you will be getting it soon if you haven't gotten it yet. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, also to the CDC for sponsoring this video. Right. <laughs> we also want to thank our other sponsor, the Wuhan Laboratory, where uh, you can purchase. I believe it's buy one get one free bat day. Yeah, the uh, and, and the bats are extremely friendly. If you want to kiss this bat and you want to stick your tongue down the throat, it's game. There's That's no need to training on. or anything. Yeah. French kissing bats is totally legal in the United States in all 50 states, as well it should be. Yes. Uh, we don't want to impede on anyone's freedom. So, you know, whatever your pleasure is, you know, we're happy for you. Oh, and we'd also like to thank our final sponsor, Kenny Rogers Chicken. Um, Kenny Rogers chicken is the best chicken a man can buy. So, oh, so the chickens have uh, the zombie string. I believe they, they really do. Yeah, so, so. I believe that Kenny Rogers chickens are actually larger than an automobile. Yeah, that's because they've got a lot of breast meat. <laughs> they've been engineered to be whole breast. 
Right. They've been they've been processed. The uh, all of the uh, chickens are breastfed. So <laughs> they're basically they're so a breast with a beak. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, we're out. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, folks, I think that's going to end it for today's episode. I hope that you found a friend here. I hope that you'll be coming back. I know that I found a friend in you. And I know that from now on I have a pretty clear job. And that's to look out for you. So every time you visit here, expect to see a little bit more of that. As always, I'm your host, Romeus T. This has been the End of the World Podcast. Maybe it's time I ask you to do a little favor. Maybe it's time for you to send this podcast to people you know will appreciate it. I know there are many more friends out there that haven't been lucky enough like you to be able to hear this recording. And I think maybe it's your job to make sure that it does happen. In the end, all we have is each other, my friends, and the collective activity that we exhibit. It's up to you. It's up to me. I'm going to stay here fighting for you. That's my job. You can contact me at Twitter on R-O-M-I-U-S-T. As always, good night and good luck, America. You're going to need it. <laughs>